with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into the program. All right, I have never seen anything like I just saw just a moment ago. I am, I'm so glad it didn't happen on the air because I would have jumped. I probably would have said an explicit word on the air without intending to. I Holy cow. If uh, just a heads up for the Wichita, Kansas area, where my flagship radio station is right now. If you get a phone call or if you get any type of like report about like a fire alarm going off, disregard, <laughs> disregard. It's okay. Everything is all right. Wow. So I have a candle that's been in studio. I, I kind of enjoy having a candle. I work in my studio. Just, you know, sets the ambiance in here, kind of relaxing, makes it smell good. You know, it's just nice. I enjoy candles. It was down at the very bottom of the glass candle jar. And it was finishing up doing its thing. Just, you know, and it went from just the wick to like burning all of the wax all at the same time. So it looked like an actual like fire that just started. I took a picture of it. And then right as I took a photo of it, I didn't get it. But by a second, the whole glass jar just exploded right in studio. Just exploded. So I had to put that one out pretty quick. Now I have the outside door, which is, is four degrees here in the Wichita, Kansas area. I have that airing the thing out so that way we don't have an alarm go off. Here in the studio. So <laughs> there was that. So my glass just exploded. Yeah, it's, it's, here we go. Look, office manager had to come in here too. It's it's It just ended and then poof, just blew up. There we go. So never seen a candle do that before. That was quite interesting. Uh, on your way up, you could shut that outside door again because it's a little chilly. Pretty please. But I'd appreciate that. Welcome into the program. What's up? It is a Monday. We are starting out. I'm telling you. Uh, there you go. The excitement of the day. It's never a dull moment here with the Voice of Reason. Coming up on the show, we have Twyla Braze. She is the founder of the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. She'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the centralization of the healthcare industry from the federal government because we are towards the ending period of the registration for Medicare Medicaid if you are enrolling in those. And we'll talk about what government's done to continue to centralize power at the federal level. So we have that. Also today is the Iowa caucus and the Hawkeye Hawkeye has officially begun. It's exciting, man. We officially have election season that is here, and I am—I couldn't be more excited. Uh, let's just be honest. It's going to be an entire year, and today is the official launching of that election time. So we'll get to that here in just a second. We are still enjoying the cold weather for sure here in the Wichita, Kansas area in the Mid-America region. We are sitting at 4 degrees, a wind chill of like negative 5 which I'm totally okay with. I'm kind of enjoying it. But I tell you what, can I just—I need to vent for just a moment. Kansas, kind of a bunch of wusses, just throwing that out there. <laughs> now, again, I grew up in Colorado where we would have school when it was six feet of snow and negative 20 outside because it's a dry cold. So it was cold, but you were fine. And you'd sit there and wait for the bus. And if the bus got stuck in the six feet of snow, it had automatic chains. It would push the button. It would drop down the chains. And then it would continue on with the chains around the tires. And you wouldn't get stuck. And you were just fine. Here, man, we're supposed to get like an inch of snow, I think, today. But with the wind chill at negative 20, they've already canceled school for many schools around the uh, area here where I'm at. So it's interesting to watch the difference on how people handle this issue. But a bunch of wusses, man. It'll be fine. The wind chill's fine. Put on a jacket or light coat. I don't know. A windbreaker if you want. And uh, you'll be just fine outside. No. Uh, be safe. Be warm. And be careful out there. Wherever you may be. I know that not just Kansas. We're not the only ones getting some cold weather. Uh, Texas so far have not heard about any type of brownouts or blackouts with their 
Uh, Arctic freeze that has moved down that way, and they're definitely not used to this weather as well. I'm still curious on what my utility bill will be after energy companies a couple years ago took advantage of this by jacking up prices on everything and with the struggle to maintain a constant feed of energy to homes all over the area. I don't want to focus a lot of time on that. It's an exciting day, and let's get into what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? All I'm saying is I think she needs to be going to school tomorrow. I'm just... She needs to be going to school. Why the heck not? You can't just miss school just because it's cold outside. Come on. What's wrong with you? All right. Today's the day, my friends. Today is the big day. We are celebrating. We are winning. There it is. We are excited about what's about to come with the Iowa caucuses throughout the day today. And we'll see what those numbers look like. The question really is, it's not who's going to win the race. The question is, how big of a victory will this be for Donald Trump and what the candidates will do Thereafter, I know everybody was on the campaign trail pushing hard for this last weekend over the past few days, trying to speak, saying, hey, get out the vote and here's the alternatives and here's what you can do. And da, ba, da, ba, da. It's not going to do any good. The latest polls going into the final day show that Donald Trump was sitting 52 to 53 percent of the vote with Ron DeSantis coming at second in the teens. We have a 40 point difference in these elections. I don't know what the point is in staying in outside of your own personal Future plans, let's put it that way. Ron DeSantis, his first time running for president, we knew he probably wouldn't get the nomination just because you usually don't get the nomination the very first time you run. So this is, let's see how long until we drain the funds to try and just keep our name out there in the practice for the election so that way we can run in 2028 or 2032, depending on what the landscape looks like at those times. But this is going to be just the dipping of the toes. The breadcrumbs trailed out for the election season before the serious run here in a couple years for Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley, uh, I don't know that she would have much of a choice to run if she tried to jump back in in a couple years, but this is the I'm the alternative to Trump, which, okay, fine. We need an alternative, I guess. We need the options. The Republican Party is all about choices not just giving you one single path to go down. So she's fine, and she is narrowing those polls in New Hampshire with a near 14-point difference instead of a 40-point difference in New Hampshire, but still Donald Trump's dominating that race. Vivek Ramaswamy, while I'm a little you know, a little bummed that he's not doing as good as what he could potentially, that he's still in the race as well, trying to be really that, uh, that, cheer, uh, that cheerleader for Donald Trump and really doing his purpose in the race, which is calling out the establishment and the elites and those politicians like Nikki Haley and others that so many do not like. So everybody has their purpose in the race right now. But is the purpose for any of these candidates outside of Donald Trump really to win? Because I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that they're have a chance of winning. I really don't. And I think that between Iowa and New Hampshire, by the end of that, it's going to be how are they going to just gracefully slide out of the race and let Donald Trump get this nomination and lock it in. I could be wrong, but it sounds like that's the direction that we're going as of right now. And because of that, the media, man, losing their absolute minds over Donald Trump. And this is, and again, this is what we get to look forward to for the next few years if Donald Trump becomes president again, is that everything he says, whether it's sarcasm, whether it's legitimate, whether it's just back, uh, offhand, whether what they're going to criticize every word that he says, unlike what they do with the non-coherent Joe Biden today. So if you want to save America from crooked Joe Biden, you must go caucus tomorrow. Very first step. The first step. We're going to do it. We're going to do it big. You got to get out. You can't sit home. If you're sick as a dog, you say, darling, I gotta make 
Even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. <laughs> if you're sick, if you're just so sick, you can't donate. I don't think. Get up. Get up. You get up. You vote. Yes, darling. Ultimately, we know who calls the shots, right? Right? Yeah, okay. Obviously, Donald Trump having a good time doing a rally, joking around. You know what's been on the headlines for the media today? Donald Trump disregards the safety and health of individuals to encourage them to go and vote. I'm not joking. That's literally been the headlines across most of the mainstream media today. When he says, even if you're sick, even if it kills you, get out and vote because it's that important. Ha ha ha. That's funny. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's a great joke. Media. Donald Trump disregards your personal health in order, in order for you to go out and vote. This is what we get to look forward to for the next few years. It makes my brain hurt just thinking about how stupid this news coverage is going to be for the next few years. And I think this validates why the media right now has some of the lowest approval ratings out there right now. Now, speaking of Donald Trump, I would like to say that Donald Trump, with how high of a poll that he's at right now, he literally could pull a Joe Biden. Right now, with all the legal issues... With the campaign trail, of course, they talked about as well about how he scuffled his feet a little bit when he walked in because it was negative 10 degrees outside and he looked tired and he had his tie off. Obviously, he has mental issues or he has health issues because he's sliding his feet around on the floor after being out in the extreme cold and campaigning all day. You know, Joe Biden can't speak for 10 minutes and they completely blow him off. But Donald Trump, man, they're going after him for every reason. I could say that he could pull a Joe Biden, not campaign go into his basement, stay nice and roasty, toasty, warm, send out a couple of tweets on his social media sites, on Truth Social, and be done with it, and he would still dominate this race in Iowa. Especially with how far ahead he is as of right now, he doesn't have to do anything. But he is, because he enjoys it. Now, that's not to say that he's not doing things on social media as well, as according to the latest, he, he did go on the attack a little bit for both Nikki Haley and, surprisingly, Vivek Ramaswamy. In Iowa, he did tweet out about uh, Nikki Haley, saying that she has no chance of winning and how she's not winning anybody over in this race. So that was kind of fun. But he also went after Vivek, saying that, quote, Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter, the best president in generations, etc. Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly. It's kind of an interesting one. I mean, Vivek, that, that according to Fox News, by the way, Vivek kind of blew it off and said that, you know, he took it tongue in cheek and he still supports Donald Trump as being one of the greatest presidents of all time. But Vivek has a purpose and his purpose was to essentially help Donald Trump in exposing some of the establishment candidates, which I think he's done very well in calling out Nikki Haley and some of the other candidates. Now, that's not to say, again, that if Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley dumb, do find a way to pull off this race and become the nominee, that we wouldn't support them, but right now I'm really, really kind of hoping that Nikki Haley is not that candidate. I would take Ron DeSantis over Nikki Haley. I would take Vivek over Ron or Nick, and obviously we would take Donald Trump, I think, over all three of them just because of the state of affairs at this time. And regardless of all that, just looking at it from an opti- uh, from just standing outside, just observant point of view, Donald Trump's going to wipe this anyways. But even with him not even needing to do anything, he's still dominating out there campaigning, sending out all the tweets and doing the last minute attacks going into the polls today. I have to ask a simple question, though. What in the world is the fascination with the media and this whole theme of dictatorship? Now, I, I, I get it. I get that Joe Biden laid out that platform the first week of January saying this is what the campaign's about. It is about either preserving democracy with me 
or it's about electing a dictator who's going to eliminate all of his opponents if he becomes president again, like Donald Trump. That's the tone that he has set for this race. And while it's stupid and it doesn't really appeal to anyone outside of the radical left-wing progressive that believes that mindset, the media has seemed to run with it. And after the whole, I'll only be a dictator for a day comment that Donald Trump made and the media running with that one, they're now taking it to another level, interviewing those going out to vote today on why they support Donald Trump and if they support him actually being a dictator. Four years of Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of President Biden reelected? You, you know, you don't have to like the words that come out of the man's mouth, but sometimes in life we all need a good paddling from the principal to to set our life on the right track and this country does need a little bit of that it we need a little paddling i mean i was a problem child growing up and it took a good leadership to set me straight so i i think our country does need some of that so i i hands down believe people wanted it four years ago three years ago so Wow, that uh, audio by Mediaite. So the media out there obviously trying to pick off the Trump supporters, finding the ones that may say a bit of a absurd, ridiculous kind of comment, which they obviously found, saying, do you support the dictatorship of Donald Trump for four years or a Joe Biden for four years? What do you prefer? Those are the options. The response was a little ridiculous as well. We'll break some of that down when we come back. It's a Monday. It's an exciting day. It's Hawkeye Cockeye, baby, of 2024. Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hold on here. I'm still trying to clean up my candle incident. After the explosion of my candle here, shattering all over the place, I'm just throwing it out there that if it would have happened on the air and Joe Biden were in here, he would have had to have changed his depends. I'm just <laughs> just throwing that out there. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. So we have this absolute obsession, fascination obsession with the media and Donald Trump giving him the free airtime. I saw a headline that this was going to be the uh, this year for 2024. We were going to see the most political campaign funds being spent in the billions of dollars than any other campaign in history. And I will say that while Donald Trump obviously is going to spend money on the campaign trail and advertising, that he doesn't even necessarily need to do so because he's such a hotly contested figure that the media talks about him every day anyways. He's constantly in the media. Everybody focuses on Donald Trump. But they're doing it. They do it in a way where they think they're going to attack him. What really happens is that the, he just continues to gain more support with all the stupid reporting that they do because they don't do it in a logical manner to try and get people to realize what's really going on. It's the fear-based politics. So we either buy into it and you eat into it or you realize it's a whole bunch of hooey and malarkey, as Joe Biden likes to say. But, of course, with the whole dictator comment, I'm only going to be a dictator for one day and the media running with that one in Iowa – some of the voters going out, they had to try and corner some of them to be like, would you rather support a dictator for four years like Donald Trump or have Joe Biden? Now, knowing they're wearing MAGA hats, they're supporters of Donald Trump, and saying, would you rather have what you don't like, like Joe Biden being president for four years, or having a dictator for four years? That's the stupid question that was asked by the media, 
And then they get this type of response. Four years of Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of President Biden reelected. You, you know, you don't have to like the words that come out of the man's mouth, but sometimes in life we all need a good paddling from the principal to, to set our life on the right track. And this country does need a little bit of that. It, we need a little paddling. I mean, I was a problem child growing up, and it took a good leadership to set me straight. So I, I think our country does need some of that. So I, I hands down believe people wanted it four years ago, three years ago. So Can I just throw this out there, that if we're going to criticize the media for doing really dumb stuff, can we not aid them in giving more material that makes us sound really ridiculous? Because that's, uh, oh, well, you know, do you support a dictator or Joe Biden? Which one would you prefer in 2024? Well, sometimes we just need a little kick in the behind. We need the principal setting us straight sometimes. Sometimes we just need that dictator to get us back on track. That is not the response. Here, if you're a voter and you're being asked, and if you're in Iowa or if you're coming up in New Hampshire or even in Kansas where I'm at or wherever you may be and your primary is coming up and the media comes to you and asks, hey, would you prefer the dumb Joe Biden for four years or a dictator for four years, what is your response? Can we at least have that in the back of our mind to have an automatic response to that one? In which case, that response of that question would be, that's a stupid question because Donald Trump's not going to be a dictator, period, end of story. Can can we just at least have that pre-conceived response in the back of our mind ready to go? Because the proper response would be, that's a dumb question. Donald Trump wasn't a tyrant when he was president for four years. And it's stupid that you guys continue to focus on this because of your absolute obsession and fascination with trying to do, uh, trying to hang on everything that Donald Trump says. Even to the point, again, where we had the media reporting Donald Trump wants people to risk their lives and kill themselves while going to the polls tomorrow just because he made the joke of... Can't sit home. If you're sick as a dog, you say, darling, I even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. Uh, it. See, it's a joke. Do we know what sarcasm is any day? Apparently not. Not with Donald Trump. Everything is so serious. Everything's so angry. Everything's so terrible. We can't be having that. It's the world we live in today. So can we not give them the arson to make us seem like we're complete doofuses? Because that's a bad response. Let's just let's not do that again. It could be staged. Maybe they're just wearing the MAGA hats and they're just making up crap, which would make more sense. So, yeah, let's not do that again, shall we? Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. On the home stretch here. Oh, how the time flies right on by. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Multiple radio stations all over the place. So wonderful to have you with us here for a Monday. That's a big stuff coming up here. Today's the big day, man. Today's the Hawkeye Caucus, the election caucuses in Iowa. We have New Hampshire right around the corner. We have big stuff going on throughout this week. We have a continuing resolution that's going to be ending in on Friday. And will we find a federal budget? Oh, so much to talk about. We'll get to all that and more again here in just a little bit. I want to shift gears, though, because as you know, really since the COVID-19 pandemic, I have been loving having the conversation about health. And it was a conversation before as well when we passed Obamacare a few years ago, the centralization of power. 
and how expensive health insurance was, how expensive uh, deductibles were, how much they are not covering experts and, and different specialists for whatever medical needs that you need. And then COVID hit and people started to wake up and were like, oh, wow, we have very little control on what we can do with our health because then we were mandated to wear masks or we were mandated to get vaccines to go to work or whatever the case may be that it's become more of a hot topic talking point. And I think it's one that we have to continue to talk about because right now, even this election, we have a couple choices. We could start going back to a privatized health system with, I don't know, competition and market value and getting things that you need and trying to have quality, or we can continue to centralize power at the federal level and have them consume the healthcare industry. There's actually a bill we talked about a little bit last week about uh, trying to subsidize pharmaceutical pills because they want to lower prices of the pharmaceuticals, according to Bernie Sanders. But their lowering prices really means we're just going to make you pay less up front, and then we subsidize it by giving a big chunk from the government to the big pharmaceutical industry on the back end. So they're still getting the same amount of profit, just not from you directly, but through your taxpayer money that gets funneled to them. So kind of an odd stance for them to take, but that's what they're doing. To talk about so much, some of this and so much more, happen to have on, because there are so many great organizations that were here long before even covid but I think that now it's pertinent for us to focus so much attention on this to make sure we get our health back and we can actually heal ourselves the way we're supposed to. One organization is here with us as Citizens at Council for Health Freedom. Excited to have the founder on the program here with us, Twyla Braze. Twyla, Happy New Year. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you coming on the show. It is, as I mentioned, such an interesting and fun topic to, to discuss because for years now, years, we've gone the wrong direction in more centralized power when we say the healthcare system's broken or health insurance companies aren't doing things right or this is wrong or that's wrong. And the solution for some reason always seems to be, oh, let's just let the government handle it. That'll totally solve all the issue. And we can kind of see where that's led us to, can't we? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of this has to do with terminology, because I was just listening to some of the terminology that you used, and it's common terminology across the country. But the matter of the fact is that the health plan is actually not an insurance company. And it's something that Ted Kennedy helped to put into place with the HMO Act of 1973. It's, HMOs are now called health plans. Hillary wanted to, in her plan, she wanted to have all of us only have an option of an HMO. Again, those HMOs have now been transformed into the word health plan. And then the Affordable Care Act said all we can have are health plans. So really health plans are like the corporate version of socialized medicine. You give them all of this money and then they, you hope and pray that they will give you the care that you need. And they often don't and they increasingly don't. And particularly in Medicare, a lot of people... In Medicare, I know your listeners might be from all over different age ranges, but I, I say, like, listen up, because you'll be in Medicare before you know it, and the whole the government is moving everybody into Medicare HMOs or Medicare health plans because they don't want to do the rationing of care. They want the health plans to do it, and those are called Medicare Advantage. Mm, that's a worrisome. And as we continue to go down that road, how has quality of Medicare actually changed throughout the years? Well... <laughs> There's another word that you just used. So anytime anybody says, you know, I want quality health care, you should say, what does that mean? What does that yeah. word quality mean to you? Because according to the government, it's really when they're talking about quality, a quality health plan, quality health care system, they're really talking about a compliant health plan or a compliant doctor or a compliant health care system. 
somebody that will do health care the way the government wants health care to be done, or in the case of doctors, a doctor who will do uh, provide med- medical care or make medical decisions according to the health plan or according to the government. And how does that happen? So this is a really good thing for your listeners to know. Yeah. It happens through the electronic health record where they only give a certain number of things that the doctor can even choose. And then they track the doctor using the electronic health record and they see how compliant he is and they may dock him in pay if he doesn't comply well enough. Wow. And that's quality. That's quality. But it's not quality. And you and I know that's not quality. Quality in healthcare means you have a doctor who looks at you, a patient who's a very unique individual in more ways than we can even count and says for you, Mrs. Jones, Mr. Whomever, Robert, I'm going to treat you the way you need to be treated. I'm going to give you what you need, not what the third party says, not what the government says, not what the health plan says is the only thing you can have. I'm going to give you what is going to work best for you. Yeah, that would be quality. If I go to the doctor with an issue, I want to make sure that I get treated nicely. It's going to be in an affordable rate and that I walk out having a solution to the problem that I went in there with. And that doesn't seem to be the focal point in healthcare today because it is, like you said, it's uh, did you prescribe a certain amount of pills from this pharmaceutical company? Did you charge X amount for insurance to be able to get this amount? Did you uh, just go by the book here? Which leads me to my next question. The difference in doctors and the adaptation from the doctors themselves over generations, have we seen a difference from the actual one that wants to spend time with an individual to make sure that they're taken care of properly, as opposed to maybe some of the younger doctors today that are just like, well, this is what the textbook says, so this is what I'm going to write to you and be on your way, and if you have problems, come back for more. Well, there's an interesting thing that's happening to physicians across the country. So there's more and more physician suicides. And um, and this is probably for a variety of reasons, but one of those reasons is likely that when they dreamt of going into medical school, when they thought about giving 11 to 17 years of their life just to become a doctor, right, nowhere in their dreams was this idea that they could not use their brain anymore to take care of a patient, that they might only get five to seven minutes with a patient, that they could no longer have time to be compassionate, to listen, to touch. That, um, that somebody else is going to dictate what they can and cannot do. And, of course, they find themselves in this, in this position, not only because of the takeover of the healthcare system by the health plans with government approval, uh, but also because of the uh, electronic health record that is uh, pushing them and limiting them and tracking them and determining how well they're going to be paid according to how much they comply. Nowhere in all of their dreams of being a doctor was it was it like this, and it really violates their ethics. You know, for some doctors, we started something called the Wedge of Health Freedom, a directory of uh, cash-based practices across the nation. Mm-hmm. You can find it at jointhewedge.com, jointhewedge.com. And some of those doctors have said, you know, the reason that they went independent and, and is because they wanted to sleep at night. Right? There's ethics, there's morals, there's professional obligations, and they were all being violated. And essentially, the healthcare system today exploits the patient and the doctor for its purposes. The, the patient is no longer the point of the corporate healthcare system today. It has to be there because otherwise you wouldn't have a healthcare system. The patient has to be there. The doctor has to be there, although increasingly they're putting non-physicians in and telling you, you can't have a doctor. You paid all this money for coverage, right? And then they say, no, you can't have a doctor. 
So it's not for the patient. It's for the corporate interests. It's a wild industry to see. We're talking with Twyla Bray. She is the co-founder and president of Citizens Council for Health Freedom, which you can find online at cchfreedom.org. Again, cchfreedom.org. You mentioned the jointhewedge.com because I had seen that and I wanted to ask you about it. Does this tie in with uh, those that are doing like the direct primary care where it's almost like a membership every month for you to see these doctors as opposed to going through your insurance, having to worry about all of that uh, bureaucratic garbage, so to speak, but just being able to have that direct primary doctor where you can see them, they spend the time with you. This seems to be like kind of the new movement nationwide on an alternative for healthcare right now. Right. Well, as an organization, Citizens Council for Health Freedom is working to build a parallel system. And that is a cash-based, interference-free parallel system that has real insurance, not the health plans. Yeah. You know, you have real insurance as car insurance, and you have real insurance and homeowner's insurance. They give you a check, and they say, go make your own choices. Go find the best, you know, person for you to do it. And if you want to save some of the money that you save by finding somebody that's less expensive, right, that's real mm. insurance. So we're building a a parallel system, and the wedge of health freedom is just one part of that. Uh, and yes, there are direct primary care doctors on there, but there are also fee-for-service doctors. We have dentists on there. We have one surgery center on there. We have four cash-based pharmacies. So we are working to build a parallel system, and eventually we intend to have hospitals. So cash-based hospitals, and your listeners are going, what? And what I'm here to say is when we get back to real health insurance, that insurance company is going to pay you cash, then you're going to pay your doctors and your hospitals and everybody, you are actually going to be in power. Cash is king. You are going to be back in power. They're going to make all their prices transparent. They're going to want you rather than looking at you as a financial burden to the entire healthcare system, someone that's taking money from them rather than giving money to them. Uh, healthcare is, is a time where a patient, every patient is vulnerable. Even if you just, have an ear infection. You cannot get the care that you need unless the doctor gives it to you. Yeah. So this is not just like a regular corporate manufacturing system. This is a system that has to work for patients who are dying, who are sick, who are ill, and who cannot do anything unless doctors and hospitals work for them. And we want to get back to that system. I love it. I love this concept. This is jointhewedge.com. I want to, we got to take a hard break here, Twyla, so hang on the line. We'll continue this when we come back here. I love 2024. There are so many options to where we're starting to actually bring back choice and freedom back into the private market. What a concept. We'll do some more of that when we come this back. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. So wonderful to have you along for the ride. I told you. I told you that I was optimistic about 2024. I love it. We're going to see some really crazy stuff this year in 2024, but I'm also excited about what we're going to see because we're going to see some changes. The pendulum is beginning to swing in society. We've tried the centralized power. We've tried the big government regulation. We've tried all that garbage, and it's failed us miserably, and we can see where we're at because of it, which is in no way better shape. Uh, in any industry that we've gone down this road and we're starting to see those options come out it, every time. This is why we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist system. When there is a void in the market that needs to be filled, we find a way to fill it. And this is exactly what we're doing. It almost seems to me, it's, it's it seems like a 
like a voucher program for like education and for school choice, which many states are working on as well. And that's essentially what we're doing with real true health insurance and ways for you to be able to get a check, to take it to the doctor that you need and actually get it taken care of, which you can find more information on the website at jointhewedge.com. Jointhewedge.com. We're hanging out with Twyla Braze. She is the uh, co-founder and president of Citizens Council for Health Freedom, which you can find their information at cchfreedom.org. Twyla, I have to ask you, with the changing of the healthcare industry, have we seen a shortage? Have we seen people? I know that we're seeing nurses walk away in protest. We're seeing after the COVID pandemic and the vaccine mandates and some of that stuff that there's doctors that are walking away from big hospitals and big hospitals uh, failing all over the country. Are we seeing kind of a a, uh, a destructuring of major healthcare systems and going towards small mom and pop shops, like you said, as opposed to massive hospitals in, in one region? Well, I would say uh, two things about that, I guess. The doctors are definitely, you know, they a lot of them are getting out early. Doctors used to work till into their 70s, even 80s, and they wanted to and they could. And now they're looking at getting out when they're 50 or when they paid all their loans or the college, their college children are in school because it's a bureaucratic nightmare to be a doctor. Mm. And not only that, but there are so many um, regulations that are put in by the government. So it's both bureaucratic in the institutions and outside. So I wrote a book called Big Brother in the Exam Room, The Dangerous Truth About Electronic Health Records. And when you, and I could say more about that, but when you hear that doctors and nurses are leaving, oftentimes they never mention the bureaucracy. But the fact of the matter is when the Obama administration and the Democrat Congress, right as soon as Obama was elected, like four weeks later, they put in a law that said that every doctor, every hospital, every clinic had to have a government-approved electronic health record, not just any health record. It had to be one the government approved, and they had to use that record meaningfully. So to, according to the government's definition of how they had to use it. And, um, and so that mandate was unfunded. But also, it is the reason why when you go into the hospital or the doctor's office, they're sitting there clicking away, clicking, clicking, clicking. You know, they're not looking at you. They're, they're asking you questions for the computer, computerized record, yeah. right? And so this bureaucracy means they spend all of this time not with the patient. As uh, I quoted somebody in my book, and I, I think it was something like, today we service the the uh, computer. We don't service. We don't serve the patients anymore. Yeah. And and studies have shown that they spend at least twice as much time on these systems. So nurses and doctors are leaving, and they're leaving a lot because of this, because of the COVID mandate. Um, and younger nurses are leaving. Like in 2021, a hundred thousand nurses left across the United States, and most of them were younger. Not nurses over 50, right? So who is going to take care of you in the hospital, uh, in the nursing homes, at the clinics, you know, where it is? It's going to make it more difficult to get an appointment sooner. It's going to make it more difficult for you to get care when you're in the hospital or the rehab center. And I don't know if you saw the report, but a former congresswoman just died on December 31st because she was in a rehab facility. She just had spinal surgery. Uh, she was sitting in her own fecal matter. She was trying to get hmm. them to come and clean it up 
She couldn't get anybody for an hour. It got infected. They did surgery for the infection. It didn't work. They put her in hospice and she died. Wow. And that was all because there was nobody there to be timely, to, uh, you know, to give her the attention timely. How sad. How scary. Welcome to yeah. government. Yeah. Welcome to government health care. It is unfortunate that we're at that point, And that's why people, I think, have had enough and why we're seeing the changes. Thank you guys for what you're doing with this uh, with this movement. The Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Also, join the wedge.com. Go and get some more information on that as well. I definitely want to hear more about it at a later time. Twyla, we appreciate it very much. Let's get you back on again real soon, my friend. Thanks so much, Danny. Bye-bye. Appreciate it very much. There it is. Great stuff. That's a way to kick it off. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have some recaps on the uh, Iowa primaries and so much more information going on. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change in your community. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.